You're listening to The Whatcom Report, a Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce program in partnership with KGMI. Good morning and welcome to The Whatcom Report on KGMI News Talk 790. My name is Ray Dax, founder and CEO at Whocom Kids, a foster care agency here in town. But this morning, I'm playing the role of host and I'm speaking with John Perry, the mayor of Everson, and Amy Cloud, who's the uh, public information officer uh, in the sheriff's office, uh, which is where a lot of the emergency preparedness work uh, uh, at the county resides. And I wanted to talk to these two because a couple of years ago, the Nooksack River flooded in a way that no one living had seen before. Much of Everson and Sumas were underwater for several days and homes and businesses were washed away and several of our schools were flooded to the point of being unusable for months. It happened really fast and the evacuation was slower, I think, than most people expected that it would be, and, and lives were lost. And in the aftermath, there was a general consensus that we were not sufficiently prepared for a flood like that. And there's been a lot of good work done to get ready for the next natural disaster, but there may still be some things that we can and should be doing. So I wanted to talk with Mayor Perry uh, and Amy about, um, uh, about, about that, about emergency preparedness. Um, it's an important conversation. Uh, and especially as we're um, uh, looking towards an, an El Nino winter. So stick around. We'll be right back. Now you can mow, dig, grade, haul, and more with the perfect solution for your property, a Branson tractor. Save your back and your wallet with one of our compact but powerful tractors here at Farmers Equipment Company. Stop by and choose from our full line of Bransons to take on your toughest tasks. With tractors from 19 to 55 horsepower, we have a Branson compact or utility tractor that is perfect for you. Want to use a rotary cutter to tame that tall brush on your property? You can do that. What about snagging a scoop from that pile of gravel to maintain your driveway free of potholes? You can do that too. Branson's six-year warranty along with our factory trained technicians will make sure your new tractor is always running great. Get the tractor you want and the peace of mind you need at Farmers Equipment Company. To learn more, visit us online at FarmersEquip.com or stop by our locations in Linden or Burlington today. Farmers Equipment Company, serving the Pacific Northwest for over 86 years. Do you know a group or individual in our community who work tirelessly to make a difference? Dedicated to Service wants to give them a special shout out on the air. Email the details to dedicated at cascaderadiogroup.com. Brought to you by Niederhaus of Luxury, voted best jewelry store in the Northwest. Start your holiday off right by starting out at Niederhaus of Luxury. Their beautiful selection of jewelry displayed gorgeously for your viewing. With unique and custom designs, you'll certainly find something for that one you love. Find them at 21 Bellwether Way, Suite 107, next to Lombardi's Back Patio. A conservative take on issues important to Whatcom County and the Pacific Northwest. This sounds crazy that you're going to tell the schools you must do extra service for those kids with learning difficulties. But when it comes to especially gifted kids, we can't give them special classes because it doesn't include a sufficient percentage of kids of color. Yes, that's what's actually happening in Washington State. Lars Larson, noon to three each weekday on KGMI. Welcome back to the Whatcom Report on KGMI News Talk 790. This is Ray Deck, founder and CEO at Scoopdom Kids, serving as host this morning. And we're talking about emergency preparedness. 
topic that's, uh, I think, front of mind for people who live in the north and east part of the county. Uh, maybe a little less so if you live on the high ground in, in uh, uh, Bellingham or you know, close to the coast. But um, I- I'm joined by uh, John Perry, who's the mayor of Everson, and Amy McLeod uh, from the sheriff's office. Uh, thank you both for taking the time. You're welcome. Thanks for having us, Ray. Amy, I'd like to start with you. Um, your role's, I think, relatively new to the county. Brand so, new. Brand new. Brand new. Great. So could you fill us in on, on that role and, and what it is that you do? Absolutely. I'm the public information officer, as you mentioned, PIO, for the Division of Emergency Management, which is under the umbrella of the sheriff's office. And actually, what's exciting is that this position came out of lessons learned from the 2021 flood. There were a number, and I'm sure Mayor Perry members, a number of issues identified as some of the reasons that the recovery and response weren't what they should have been. And and one was identified as um, deficiencies in warning and public information. And a lot of information from different sources at different times rather than then vetted into a, a, a credible source. So they, the county uh, decided to fund that position and I have the honor of being the first person in that role. But I will say this, I was there for the 2021 floods and last year's Christmas storms and most of the floods of the past year as a volunteer PIO. So it's just really, really different seeing it from this side. Yeah, yeah, I'll say. Um, uh, Mayor Perry, two years ago is a, a long time ago, and and I suspect the flood has been somewhat memory hold for people who, you know, that they didn't have water in their living room. So um, could you just give us a refresher? Exactly what was it that happened two years ago? Um, quite a bit. It, uh, so it started with some early warnings of uh, probably Thursday, Friday for us that um, a significant flood event was coming. Um, you know, significant meaning, you know, somewhere equivalent to, uh, I think originally it was the 2017 floods, which weren't very memorable. I didn't remember it. So I thought, well, we're, we're in pretty good shape. And then uh, throughout the course of, you know, the next 24 to 48 hours, the, uh, the projections kept kind of ramping up uh, to the point of about four o'clock on Sunday, uh, we were told it was going to be similar to the flood of 1990. And then what we ended up seeing was a flood that was three times that size for Everson and Nooksack and Sumas, uh, changes in the river uh, and the the amount of rainfall that we had, you know, I think 18 inches over a several day period of time up in the mountains along with snow melt led to that increase in overflow. Uh, and so it, it it caught us by surprise, it caught the county by surprise, uh, it caught all our residents by surprise, and it, it did delay all of our emergency response because we weren't in the appropriate places at the right times and we didn't get people out when we should have. Hmm. Amy, you mentioned that you were a volunteer PIO at the time. How is that? Is that a situation where you just happened to notice that it was raining really heavy, and so you thought you'd go down to the sheriff's office and see if they needed any help? Or it was—I imagine it was a role you had prepared for. Um, right. 
I actually work with the PIO for the Sheriff's Office, Deb Slater and Bellingham Police Lieutenant Claudia Murphy. The three of us formed a community volunteer PIO group to train and be ready to support because that's been a deficiency in years past, being able to get the information where it needs to go as quickly as, as possible. Um, and, uh, I, you know, uh, the, the timing of that those events in, in 2021, I, I'm sure didn't do you any favors, right? When you get the updated forecast on Sunday evening, that's maybe the hardest possible time to get information out to folks. Um, uh, is are, is the, the, I guess, how, how, do you, how are you thinking about the a county's ability to communicate with residents um, and how it's changed um, uh, since those events? Well, as I mentioned, when they did the review, and I certainly hope Mayor Perry was part of this, they identified several deficiencies like swift water rescue, the, the need for an emergency response center, an incident management team, and they noted the effect that climate change has had, where, as Mayor Perry mentioned, we're having more and more of these significant events. We're, we're discovering that, that the atmospheric rivers are increasing in intensity and when they come, coastal flooding is causing more damage. And we've got wildfires, which destroy the landscape and lead to the hazard of mud flows during some of these really heavy rain periods. So when we when they identified those deficiencies, what they did over the past two years, the county before I got here was they prioritized and identified how to meet those needs. And I'm encouraged and, and really excited to share that most of those needs have been addressed, not, not just the position I hold, but for instance, they have been able to purchase and staff a couple of swift rescue boats. Um, We've hired staff that is developing the incident management team. Uh, we've invested in sirens and variable message boards and uh, trailers that are filled with materials that you need on scene. Because as happened where um, the mayor lives in different places around the county, they got isolated pretty fast. And so part of what we were able to do is get resources that can be deployed through those communities. So they have them on, on site as part of their response. I'll stop yeah, there. That, yeah, that, that sounds that sounds important. Um, all those sound like really good innovations. Um, I, I'm one, Something that I've always been wondering about is in the, in the mind of the people who plan for these things, was the 2021 flood a fluke? Or is that the new normal? Like, are we planning for, you know, we should harden ourselves to the point that we can sort of expect or sustain um, uh, a flood like that, like once a year or once a decade? Or like, are we sort of adjusting? And I feel like there's a, you know, a storm of a lifetime about every other year these days. Are we adjusting our sort of expectation for the intensity of these, these sorts of events? Um, I think that uh, we have to. We have to expect that we're going to see these as communities uh, nationwide. We're not prepared for natural disasters. Uh, they happen every year. Um, just you just don't know which location they're going to happen in. And so we should be prepared for an event of this magnitude. What what made this one unique 
for Everson, Nooksack, and Sumas was the uh, buildup of sediment in the river that uh, has reduced capacity over the last 30 years by 35%. That turned that 100-year flood that we saw uh, at Cedarville, uh, it turned it into a 200-year flood for Everson, Nooksack, and Sumas kind of acted as a pressure relief valve. And so then Linden and Ferndale only saw a 50-year flood event. And so it, it, as the river changes, so does how flooding occurs around the county. And, uh, and so each community has to be prepared for uh, increased flood levels based on the current condition of the Nooksack River. Well, on behalf of Linden and Ferndale, I guess thanks for taking one for the team. I that yeah. no, I know nobody would want that. Nobody would expect that or, or wish for that. And you know, it, it's um, I, I think it, it speaks to how the uh, the emergency preparedness work is especially prescient for those riverside communities um, like Everson, Nooksack, Sumas. So um, I'm excited but to explore would, this a little bit today. I would add that it's also the coastal communities. It's a it's a confluence of the events, some of what John has described, and and some of some of which is appears to be climate change related, because coastal communities that have not been impacted in decades past have seen impact lately. So you're saying it's our turn next, huh? Yeah. Well, you, you probably recall in Bellingham, we also had flooding. Certainly. You know, the, the mayor mentioned each community needs to be ready and be prepared because we have different different um, situations, but nonetheless, we're going to experience something. In Bellingham at that time, Squalicum, I don't know if you know Squalicum Way that goes down from the hospital all the way down to the bay. That was a river at one point. You didn't recognize that it was a road. So that isolated people on both sides of it. So he's absolutely right. Every community has deficiencies and weakness of, and vulnerabilities, and it is our responsibility to prepare and be ready. Yeah, I think it was Squalcom Parkway, and then the other place in Bellingham was uh, um, uh, what is that? Uh, State State Street, where all the car dealerships are. Um, um, yeah, I Iowa Street. Yeah, Iowa, Iowa Iowa Street. Yes, that's right. Yes, one was a, one was a river, and the other was a lake. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Well, let's take a break. And then when we come back, uh, Mayor Perry, I want to hear about the re recovery efforts um, in particular. Thinking about solar? Call Western Solar, the local experts with over 2,000 residential and commercial installations. The team at Western Solar always strives to go above and beyond to ensure their customers are as satisfied as these recent reviewers. We had been considering solar power for quite some time. And having Western Solar's representative explain their system to us, we knew this was exactly what we had been looking for. The communication before and during installation and the actual installation itself was amazing. Western Solar's install crew are truly professionals. We would definitely recommend Western Solar to anyone. Western Solar staff was a pleasure to deal with in all aspects of this project. They have a good product, along with excellent personnel and customer support. Western Solar is also the highest category of installer within Panasonic's Triple Guard Warranty Program, with the longest and most comprehensive warranty in the industry. Call Western Solar in Bellingham to schedule your free estimate today at westernsolarinc.com. 
Generosity pays, and West Edge Credit Union wants to encourage a little generosity. Now through the end of the year, receive an extra quarter point discount off your interest rate on any car, truck, or motorcycle loan from West Edge, and no payments for 90 days when you donate $25 to a local charity. Now that's a win-win. Offer valid through December 31st on approved credit. See West Edge for details. West Edge Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA, on the corner of James and Alabama. Online at westedgecu.org. Business owners, you have job openings? We have HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is Cascade Radio Group's hyper-local job board. It's free and easy to use. Upload your available job listings today. Job seekers can post resumes, too. HireMeWa.com is available 24 hours a day. Check back frequently. New job listings added regularly. HireMeWa.com. Business owners, post your job openings for free right now at HireMeWa.com. That's HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is a service of Cascade Radio Group and this station. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back to the Whatcom Report on KGMI News Talk 790. This is Ray Deck, founder and CEO at Skookum Kids, serving this morning as host. We're talking about emergency preparedness, and I'm speaking with John Perry, mayor of Everson, and Amy Cloud, uh, public information officer the sheriff's office. Um, uh, thank you both for taking the time. John, I'd love to ask you about the recovery. Um, it seemed like, you know, for as much uh, as the, the we were sort of surprised by the flood um, and, uh, you know, uh, kind of caught off guard, I guess, um, uh, the, the, it did seem like, you know, the early recovery happened quite quickly and then maybe stalled out some. Um, uh, maybe like some of the later like home reconstruction and home buyout has been slower than we would have wanted. But talk a little about sort of the initial uh, uh, recovery. I, I don't know schools got reopened really quickly. Um, uh, what what sort of was made it possible to um, that sort of first phase of recovery so fast? Well, I think um, you know the we were transitioning from the response phase and into the recovery phase. Uh, and we we made that transition in about four or five days with with some help from DP's incident management team. They were they were instrumental in our community cleanup day, where I think uh, we turned our shopping center into a garbage pile and uh, hauled out. Uh, I think Everson had about three hundred thousand dollars worth of, of garbage hauled out that uh, in that short period of time, and I think Sumas was double that and. Uh, uh, but they helped us kind of get the ball rolling uh, early on. A, a group called Wacom Strong formed in the immediately after the flood, and that was made up of community leaders, uh, church groups from Linden, Everson, Nooksack, Sumas, and it kind of uh, kind of a grassroots organization that that ended up uh, rolling into the Wacom Long Term Recovery Group. Uh, one of the things that we learned through this is that in order to to get that help that you need, those volunteer organizations, they're called BOAB, Volunteer Organizations Active in Disasters. In order to get those to come into your area, you have to have case managers that vet clients, uh, look at income levels, look at duplication of benefits, um, and, and coordinate those teams to come in, provide housing for them while they're here doing that work, and, and get them um, connected with the clients, get the materials uh, on the ground, get 
money for those materials. And so the, the first step we had to take was to form this Whatcom Long-Term Recovery Group. Uh, and, and that took about six months really to get to the point where uh, we were, were processing clients. And so that, that was the biggest roadblock for us. And, and that delay kind of takes it off people's minds. Early on, everybody wants to come and help. And we had five, 600 volunteers out here on cleanup days. I had people up here from Everett. And uh, what, what are you doing up here from Everett? And he goes, oh, I was just in the neighborhood. thought I'd stop by and help. And, you know, so they were, you know, people were just coming and, and, and it was great. The, but after that, you know, that uh, it's not quite as pressing. And so uh, having this long-term recovery group uh, that is established now will make it easier for us to, uh, to activate as soon as a natural disaster hits, whether it's uh, wildfires or, or floods or, you know, any type earthquake, uh, we have the systems in place now. Currently, we've got, we've worked through a lot of our, our client list. Uh, the team we've got has been uh, incredible in, uh, in getting, in really working with people. And so we're, we're getting down the list. I think uh, World Renew, one of the, uh, volunteer organizations that's been really active, uh, them along with uh, Habitat for Humanity has been real helpful as well lately, um, really since this this spring. Uh, they've been there, I think World Renew is, I think their last day is gonna be in, in a week or two and, uh, and we'll have worked through most of our big projects. We've got 25 or so homes left that we're, that we're still working on and, uh, and just some other case management style issues, but um, we're, we're, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel on the, on the recovery end. Well, that's great to hear. So Amy, John gives us that pretty useful like taxonomy, right? Two, two sort of types of work. There's the emergency response, and then the next phase is the recovery phase. It, for you in, the, in the, the sheriff's office and the emergency management team at the county, are you specifically focused on emergency preparedness and then the initial response or do you, do you does the county uh, i guess your group in the county play a role in the recovery as well absolutely the certainly preparedness and response and recovery um to supplement all that he shared when incident command is activated through the part division of emergency management that enables us to roll out the structure that includes logistics planning operations communication and it, it enables us to take the steps for instance to reach out to the national guard the red cross to have the proclamation um, that allows that opens the door to some of those services that are government provided services in addition to the grassroots spontaneous volunteers and actually within the incident command structure there is a volunteer branch because you know as the mayor noted people are really good hearted when the first thing they want to do is help. And it's not always helpful when they when they just show up, when they're not um, vetted for what they can do and where they can go and what the needs are and matching those up. And I would say actually we still have some folks from FEMA here in our building at the EOC working through some of these claims and processes left over from the 2021 flood. So um, that you know, as the mayor mentions it, people aren't aware of it, they don't hear about it, but the work is continuing every single day. A lot of agencies are still engaged and invested in 
you know, we just recently had the Congress grant come through and that that was, you know, a year and a half after this great need was demonstrated. So it's it's ongoing. Certainly the um, recovery part, I'm new to this role, so I can't speak historically, but, but I can say that I certainly see a much bigger emphasis on that piece of it now, in addition to preparedness and the immediate response when you use the incident command system to make sure you're addressing all needs. Um, you may, I'm, Amy, you mentioned FEMA and, and their role in all this. As, as I understand, you know, um, there's been some disappointment at FEMA's speed in, in a few of these areas, particularly the, the some buying out some of the homes that aren't going to be reconstructed. What's the, uh, I'm not sure who to direct this to, whether Mayor Perry or you, Amy, but what's the sort of latest on that? Most recently I read was a letter from Executive Sidhu to our legislative delegation asking for their help in, in sort of moving that along. Um, uh, has have we seen any movement um, from them since since that? Yeah, I can speak to that, Ray. Um, the what had happened was with the wildfires in Maui and uh, and just the the expense of that response and, and probably coupled with uh, hurricanes in Florida and you know uh, disasters all over the country, funding was running low. And so what they did was instituted this INF status, which is immediate needs funding. Um, and that it's not unusual. It's happened uh, maybe nine or ten times in the last twenty years. Uh, and uh, they recently just uh, released that that status. They got their funding up, uh, and so we're we're back on track for those buyout elevation programs. It's still taken a lot longer than we would like to see. We've got people that have been out of their homes for almost two years now. And with the promise of a buyout, and uh, that's a, that's a long time to ask people not to rebuild their home and not move back in. And so we're uh, we're we're thankful that it's we're almost there for some of these, uh, but we still got more more steps to go. And and uh, we've also got several phases of these buyout programs. So this is just phase one. Yeah, that, let's go. I'm glad to hear it's moving again. So, um, all right, let's take another break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about exactly what's changed in our emergency preparedness since 2021. So um, uh, we'll, we'll take a break and then be back. This holiday season, relax and celebrate in your new home at Meadow Greens Retirement Community, located in beautiful Linden. From the snow-covered panoramic views of the Cascade Mountains and the Canadian Rockies, there's no better backdrop to the holidays than Meadow Greens Active Retirement, all while enjoying the beautiful holiday decorations and you don't have to do any of the work. Meadow Greens Retirement is the only locally owned retirement facility in the county. They offer both one and two bedroom apartments with full kitchens, with the freedom of eating in or enjoying a meal at the Outward Nine or the Duck Hook Bistro. Meadow Greens can also be of help when it's time to transition from an independent apartment to assisted living. Hi, I'm Josh Howe, director here at Meadow Greens. I'd like to personally invite you to come to our community. I look forward to showing you all that we have to offer. Call Meadow Greens today to arrange a private tour at 354-8200 and online at meadowgreenslinden.com. The grass is always greener in Meadow Greens. 
If you're hearing this message today and you have faith in Jesus Christ, it's probably not because someone jammed a Bible down your throat. For those of you who have not received this free gift, make this the year that you ask for God's grace. Make this the year that you ask for his endurance and perseverance. If you still have doubts that God came down, born of a virgin, and you're still not convinced he lived a perfect life or that he healed the sick, that he walked on water or even turned water into wine, or maybe you're having a tough time believing a person who's fully human could be crucified, dead, and three days later be alive. If you have doubts about all this, you're not alone. Every Christian I know had some kind of doubt. Make this the year you believe. Believe that he died on the cross for you, that he wants to have a relationship with you, but he'll never force you to love him. But once you fully know all he's done for you, how could you not love him back? Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. In Jesus' name, amen. From our family to yours here at DD Insurance. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city, but sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI traffic alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com. The mysterious, the obscure. In some cases, it is the animal reactions that led to the sighting. Coast to coast. In France, Marius de Wilde said that his barking dog caused him to go outside to see what had startled it. He saw something on the nearby railroad tracks and then two small creatures. A beam of light shot out from that object momentarily paralyzing him. Every night at 10 p.m. and beyond on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Honey, look what I brought home. Not a cat. You know I'm allergic. Well, you know what they say. When the cat's away, the mice will play. (laughs) Why didn't you just call BioBug? Have you had enough of playing cat and mouse? BioBug Pest Management is here to help. Whether you have rats or mice in your business, residence, or commercial building, BioBug is committed to providing a solution that's right for you. To learn more and get your free quote, visit BioBug.com. BioBug Pest Management. Service you trust, experience you expect. Now hiring service text the latest local news and important topics of the day from the west mechanical studio tired of inefficient heating poor indoor air quality and rising energy bills contact west mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from mitsubishi electric heating and air conditioning find them at westmechanical.net get the latest news and information 24 7 with kgmi news talk 790 96.5 fm in bellingham and kgmi.com Welcome back to the Watkin Report on KGMI News Talk 790. This is Ray Deck of Scoopdom Kids, serving as host. I'm speaking with John Perry, Mayor of Everson, and Amy Cloud from the Sheriff's Office. We're talking about emergency preparedness. Um, I'd love to hear, um, Amy, as we're thinking about um, emergency preparedness, are there like buckets of work or sort of types of uh, sort of effort, you know, um, uh, that you could have used to organize the, the, the um, uh, upgrade, I guess you'd call it, like early warning systems, I know has gotten a, a, some focus and evacuation plan. Like what are the categories here? Mm, that's a big topic. <laughs> um, and as I said, I'm pretty new to this role, so I'm learning some of this myself. But 
as a communicator, I, I would say some of the buckets of work are not just what we in the Division of Emergency Management are doing, have done, and are planning to do, and what everybody out in the communities is doing. It's what individuals also need to know to do. Um, they need to make sure that they have all the medications and food and animal supplies and toilet paper they might need in the event something does happen pretty quickly. But what we're doing at the Division of Emergency Management to try to help people get to that process is the Ready, Set, Go system, which is both part of the alert system and part of how we can plan as communities and as individuals that when you get ready, you're thinking about what do I need? What do my neighbors need? What do my kids or parents need in other places? So that when they say, get set, we know what we're gonna pick up and take with us if conditions continue that, that it's unsafe to stay where we are. So that when we get to go, our community and, and those of us who have essential responsibilities have a, a go bag, we're ready to go. We go where we're needed and we're prepared to stay there as long as we're needed. So, um, the, you know, when you talked about the, the buckets of work, it's it's fast. I mean, I, I mentioned some of the things we've got coming on board now, like getting boats for swift water rescue to get to folks who are basically isolated, their, their islands. And you, you can't just have the, the boats, you have to have people who are trained and know how to do that. This community is blessed with some amazing volunteers who do search and rescue. They specialize in everything from um, this swift water rescue to um, off-roads to highly trained first aid so they can get people who've been injured out. And I was just learning about that same meeting Mayor Perry was talking about. That is, that's required to the sheriff's office to provide, but it's not funded. So one of the buckets of work is making sure we have good relationships and support of those volunteers who make a difference, like in search and rescue, and also the community emergency response teams, which are highly trained uh, groups of individuals who are certified and ready to respond. That's just a piece of what we're doing at DEM. It's the piece that I've wrapped my brain around so far. But um. you know, you, you say that you're new in this job, but I that was a very veteran PIO move to slip in. You know, every citizen should have a go bag and have a plan. That was that was very clever and, and artfully done. Um, uh, Mayor Perry, you mentioned that um, uh, uh, that there was some like warning in advance of the 2021 flood and some estimate about the magnitude of it. And those, those early estimates appeared to be incorrect uh, or they were you know, sort of updated right as they went along. Um, is there, has there been any change to the systems that we use to estimate like how much water is coming downstream? Yes. Uh, the, one of the things is, is understanding what the current conditions of the river are that is how they that all, all the models are based on what's called a bathymetric survey of the river uh, they use a blue green lidar fly over where they're able to penetrate the water level surface and and map the bottom of the entire river channel and and so they use that in conjunction with uh, 
the weather projections, you know, uh, to see how much rainfall is predicted, uh, how much we're seeing, what the path of the storm is taking, and they, that all goes together in to creating a uh, forecast for flooding. Uh, when one of those variables is off, such as the bottom of the river, uh, which is a big variable, um, yeah. that changed everything. So the storm was more intense. It landed, it, it hit us dead center, and then the river, which we knew there was something going on, but we hadn't nailed it down completely. We didn't understand what the the impacts were. That uh, so, so now we we've got that data. We have that information. I'm working with. Um, we have a city of Everson hired a hydrologist to to kind of answer some of our questions that we have, and and I'm I'm working to get a that's basically a map book put together that'll tell me basically where the water will be at at different stages of, of flooding. And so that'll help us guide our evacuations. So if the river is going to be at 50,000 CFS peak flow at Cedarville, I can expect this kind of extent of flooding over the Everson, Nooksack, Sumas area. Um, that'll, uh, that'll just guide us in, in our response. Now, things can always change. The storms, we don't control Mother Nature. So a lot of times we're predicted to get a, a flood and then the storm doesn't hit us. It's kind of like the snowpocalypse warnings that we get where, uh, you know, we're going to get six inches of snow and we get 0.6 inches. Um, it, but you have to be prepared. And so I think our goal coming out of this was to communicate better, both the, the county to communicate to us better, us to communicate to our citizens better. And in that way, um, we don't hopefully needs with water rescue boats or to pull people out in front end loaders or tractors. I mean, it, the reason there were so many rescues was because we didn't give people enough time to get out of their home and we didn't know that that level of flow was coming. My goal would be no swift water rescues in the next flood that we have. We should be prepared enough to give people advanced warning through everybody now has a system in place to notify their their residents, um, their app. We're using the Buoyant app. I think Sumas and uh, Nooksack are using those as well, and the county has their their new um, program as well. So I think communication. We'll probably over communicate in this next go around, and uh, people get sick of hearing from us. But it, it beats using Facebook, which was what I did a lot of mm -hmm. during the flood, and uh, way more Facebook than I ever did before, and plan to do in the future. <laughs> sure. I, I like the that your goal is no swift water rescue and still yet uh Amy's working on making sure we have, we have uh, prepared and, and well-trained swift water rescue teams. Um Amy, you mentioned earlier in our conversation that flood isn't the only type of natural disaster that you guys are preparing for in the sheriff's office. You mentioned uh uh wildfire. We had a wildfire in Whatcom County um mm -hmm. this summer and um I imagine there's there's uh, you know uh, the big one is what I have nightmares about yeah. the, the earthquake and and uh, and tsunami. So what what's uh, what are the the like you have big binder for each of those natural disasters down there at the oh. at the sheriff's office? Exactly what are you getting ready for? All of the above, quite frankly. Um, we even when I was a volunteer as a PIO, there there are regular drills. There was one on Mount Baker Lahar. It's a dormant but active volcano and should it erupt um, we're, we're gonna 
I learned that we're going to see a lot more mud than anything else and preparing for that. Some of the things we're preparing for is, is communication to make sure that starting things like weather where we can do a tentative 10 day look ahead and we're getting ready so that by day five, we, we think we know what's going to happen and we're preparing messaging and getting folks ready from day five before a predicted event all the way down to day one when by then you're ready and we can say go and you're going someplace good. Some of the things like the big one, the earthquake, Cascadia Rising was one of the drills a few years ago because we know that won't stop at any border and um, will isolate us. Major roadways will go down. And so we've been learning how to do more of our work remotely. That's one of the mixed lessons of COVID, frankly, is we were forced to learn how to communicate remotely so that if those of us who work at the emergency operations center are physically unable to get here, we can still do the work that we're called to do. So um, we've been experiencing a number of things like the combination of King Tide and uh, the full moon, we often hear from John Gargett, who lives closer to coastal flooding, the challenge that creates, and that's always on our radar. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, let's take a break, uh, and then when we come back, I want to have a conversation about what still needs to happen um, to, for us to be as prepared as we, as we can be. Stop by Dewey Griffin Subaru whenever your Subaru needs a quick service and a car wash. Check out Dewey's Express Service Center. It's fast, convenient, and best of all, there's no appointment necessary. Open six days a week, including Saturdays. Stop by for your next oil change or any other minor maintenance, and you'll get a free car wash with any service. Dewey Griffin Subaru, community-minded and community-driven, and the only certified Subaru tire and service center in the area. You love what you find. Wilson's Furniture is closing out the year and kicking off 2024 with a huge sale. For a limited time, save 50% off MSRP on everything storewide, excluding mattresses. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and cheers to a great new year from Wilson's Furniture. Latrell spent more than eight years in foster care. His world changed when he was adopted at 15 with help from the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. I think about how much we love him and I wish we could have had him for his entire childhood. The foundation is changing the lives of thousands of teens waiting in foster care. You can help. Learn more at DaveThomasFoundation.org. CHS Northwest specializes in timely deliveries of warmth, comfort, safety, and savings. CHS Northwest is now delivering propane in your neighborhood. Call today and sign up for a whole new service experience for your propane. CHS Northwest, everything you need for home and farm. Tuning into the high school football game. Monitoring the incoming storm. They say what I think, but smarter. Catching your favorite talk show. These are just few of the reasons more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio. And AM radio is the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping you and your family safe in dangerous times. Visit wearebroadcasters.com to learn more and tell us how you depend on AM radio stations like KGMI.
Welcome back to the Watson Report on KGMI News Talk 790. Ray Deck here serving as host. Uh, we're talking about emergency preparedness. And big thank you to Mayor John Perry uh, and Amy Cloud from the, the Sheriff's Office for, for taking the, the time to, to uh, speak with me about this today. Uh, thank you both. So um, I want to talk um, here just in our last segment about what still needs to happen. So, John, I'd like to ask, are there emergency preparedness steps that you you would like, right, as a representative, as a resident of and a representative of the Everson community, are there things that you wish that we had, that we would do or, or be doing um, that we haven't yet been able to do? I think we're it's always going to evolve as i mean these, we've got a better plan in place I and mean, we've had multiple meetings on this topic over the last two years and i think we have a good plan in place moving forward but uh, but we haven't been able to actually put it into you know we haven't implemented it yet because we haven't had a uh, flood uh, uh, that that's come to you know we've had a few close calls but nothing nothing major yet so um, in theory, it sounds great what we're planning, and, uh, and so we'll we'll see how that goes. I think the biggest thing for for us is that I see is implementing some of the recommendations that came out of the 1999 CFHMP, that's the Whatcom County Comprehensive Flood Hazard Management Plan, um, and they identified you know Everest and Nooksack and Sumas as being at risk, you know most at risk in the county for flooding, and that's just uh, it, and we haven't implemented those any of those uh, mitigation efforts that we had looked at doing in 99, I think due to cost and due to fear, we're gonna send more water downstream. Uh, and now we've lost ground in the Nooksack because of that 35% reduction in capacity. So we're in worse shape now than we were in 1999, coming out of those 1990 floods. And mm -hmm. so I think the, the work for us is right now is, uh, and for Whatcom County, to be prepared for a flood, you know, we, we're doing things, but we also need to mitigate for it. We need to uh, build some of these dikes and berms. Work on how do we how do we share the water a little bit more. Uh, try to minimize some of these impacts because it's not sustainable to have a flood like this as frequently as we might see them. What uh, what was in that 99 report that we haven't done yet? Is that is that the I sometimes hear people talk about dredging the Nooksack? Is that uh, is that where that recommendation comes yeah, from? That was the um, there was a, a section in that it's a 200 page report. So if you're bored one night, you should uh, start flipping through it. Uh, there's also a 1995 Nooksack River flood history report, and that's about 131 pages. So if you want a little lighter reading, you could do that mm -hmm. one. But most of it was analyzing how the river flows and, and looking at ways to protect our communities and, and uh, doing a dike around Everson and Nooksack was and raising roads, creating flood, additional flood storage in, um, in the farmland between Everson and Sumas uh, is one is, is another option, basically slow the water down a little bit and because uh, it drops about 30 feet between Everson and, and Sumas. And so if you raise those roads, you can create kind of holding ponds. Uh, so it, it, but with the change in the river, like I said, it's, uh, it's even more pressing that we address it in some manner. So uh, there, but there's a lot of recommendations in there and we're continuing to come up with 
um, new plans and new ideas through the flip, the integrated flood planning process that's been ongoing since the flood, I mean, prior to that, but more focused on the Everson overflow since the flood. Uh, Amy, I hear Mayor Perry saying that that uh, he's got a lot of confidence in the county's emergency management and the ways that it's improved over the last two years. We just need a we just need a trial run. So, with a last name like Cloud, do you think you can get us a a, a chance to test drive all these new uh, these improvements? Oh, I see a way on the horizon. I don't come near, but um, <laughs> no, he. Uh, I, I'm going to look up some of those sources he mentioned because I'm never at a loss for something that to read at night that'll help me get to sleep. But I, I mentioned the um, lessons learned report from the 2021 flood, and so we do have some of the things that were identified as deficiencies. We've met some of those, but not all of them. We still need to. Um, we're testing pilot testing via alert evacuation system going to be going out this winter. Wish we could have it ready to go right now, but hopefully by the next time we have great need, we will have that. The, the county's already purchased that and we're just getting ready to implement. We were able to get some materials that Mayor Perry mentioned through the Commerce Grant. We just closed, but we've got some more coming. Right now, we have one of those automated sandbag machines. We've got a few more coming. We've got, um, taking a look at my notes here, we've got uh, four all-weather drones already here ready to go. We've got those trailers that are packed up and loaded and ready to go out to the communities. So a lot has been done. Some stuff is still sitting here ready to go. And as we go through this next season, we'll, we'll see are there Things that are more urgent need that we need to jump on right now, or can we carry on as we have been responding as we go? That's great. Well, thank you both for being with us. Uh, we're out of time, but it um, uh, sounds like this is a lot of great work underway. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens next time the water rises. <laughs> thank, thank you for having right. us.